Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Good day, Patriots. I hope that everything is going well, that you've had a... Uh, I was I took the day off yesterday. I had some things to take care of outside of uh, of the studio and the Nun Report, so I did that. Uh, hope you didn't miss me too much. You probably didn't even know I was gone. I, I know I didn't, but uh, I got some good stuff done. I'm glad that you're... Glad that you're here today, though, and I've got a lot of stuff. I'm going to try to get through it all. I don't know if I am. I'm probably going to run a little bit over. We'll see how it goes. You know, sometimes I get uh, long-winded. I have some things to say. I have definitely some things to say about the economy and about the incessant lying and gaslighting that the Biden administration is doing, and they constantly do it. They trot out these numbers. They keep saying the economy is growing. Inflation is down up from where and down from where. I mean, those are the key issues. And if you really want to look at how we are compared to pre-COVID and post-COVID to right now, I'm going to show you those numbers. I'm going to show you those charts. I'm going to show you that employment is fact is in fact down. I'm going to show you that less Americans are in fact working as a percentage of the population now than they were in 2019. I've got the numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I've got the receipts. And these are things that you can take to your friends, your liberal friends, your your people who worship Biden and believe everything he says just because they're like useful idiots and they repeat whatever they hear. You're going to be able to take these numbers. You're going to be able to go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You're going to see where to get this information so that you can show it to them. Look, this is factual information. What Biden is saying is a lie. It's a lie. At best, it's a complete misrepresentation of what's really going on. And I'm going to explain how they play with the numbers and the smoke and mirrors that they're using to do that. Elon Musk, of course, made news. I'm sure everybody saw that. We're going to, we're going to take a look at that. I love his attitude. I love what he's doing. And, uh, you know, the jury's still out on whether X is truly this free speech platform and whether everybody is truly going to get a fair shot at building things and having distribution and stuff like that there and, and how the advertising is going to go. That's, that's the jury's still out on that. I mean, um, you know, Elon Musk is a, a very successful businessman. Generally people get that successful by being pretty well-focused and at times pretty ruthless. It's all about the bottom line. So in the end, we'll see what happens with, with the so-called X free platform. But right now, man, Elon He's rocking it. He's bucking the establishment. I think his eyes are being opened up a little bit to just how extreme the censorship was, just how extreme the left is, and the means that they will go to to squash and destroy anybody that they do not agree with. They want X gone because they can't control it. If they can't control the information, if they can't control the flow of it, if they can't control the distribution of it, then they want it destroyed. They want the outlet destroyed. And that's what they're going to try to do to X. It's, uh, but you know, you're, you're messing, I think you're messing with the wrong guy. Elon doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who just says things flippantly. I don't think there's very little that he says or does. It does not benefit him or his assets. He didn't become the richest man in the world by being stupid or by not being calculated in what he does. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to take a look at that. We have, of course, the pro Hamas simps and the degenerates that roam with them are trying to ruin things for everybody else. The tree lighting in Rockefeller Center in New York, of course, they were down there trying to destroy that. They got violent. The police had to make several arrests. They don't love this country. They don't like anything about it. 
And so we'll take a look at that. You know, uh, there's some things going on along those lines that I'm going to show you as far as uh, schools and what teachers are doing and the fact that, you know, the public school system has failed. It's failed our children. It's failed America. It's failed parents. That's why people are leaving in droves. As people leave and they homeschool and they go to charter schools, then these school districts realize, oh, they're not, because most of them get federal tax dollars based on enrollment. As enrollment numbers go down, so does their funding. Portland teachers are still on strike. It's unbelievable. You want a 30% pay raise and more, more, less class time. But the problem is they don't have the money to do that. And the union is being ridiculous. But these teachers, these public schools, they are indoctrinating our children, not educating them. Huge difference. Huge difference. Anyway, Elon said this, and it, of course it's all over. You've probably heard it, but I'm going to play it again. I'm going to play the whole thing in its entirety because I want you to hear everything in context. And if you if you look at it in context and hear the whole thing through, it's not just about telling them to you know people to go fuck themselves. Okay, there's more to it than that. And I think he got the message. I think he got the message out. Let's see what you think. Obviously, you know that there's a public perception that, and, and you're clarifying this now. Um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. He doesn't know what to say. But... Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, what do you do? G-F-Y. G-F-Y, he says. I, I understand that, but there's a reality, too. <laughs> right? Yes. No, no. I, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here. And she- <laughs> this, this guy doesn't even know how to respond to Elon. He's like, uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I love it. Let's go on. She's got to sell advertising. Absolutely. So, um, no, no, totally. So, so no, no, actually, what, what this advertising boycott is, uh, is, is going to do, it's, it's going to kill the company. And you think that the company... I, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are, those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say... They're going to say, we didn't kill the company. Oh, yeah? They're going to say... Tell, oh, to, yeah. tell to Earth. But they're going, to say that, they're going to say, Elon, that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform, right? Let's, that's that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. So, okay, this, then this... <laughs> he just doesn't know what to do with Elon. That, that poor guy, he's like, go fuck yourself um, and then let Earth... To decide. He's saying, look, you advertisers, screw you. Screw you. And and, and 
I completely agree with that. You know, that's how I was all of 2020. Hey, Dan, get the vaccine. Go fuck yourself. Hey, Dan, wear a mask. Hey, you know what? If your business is going to make me wear a mask to to attend to 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 come into your business to trans make transactions with you to give you money to give you my business, if you're going to require me to wear a mask, go fuck yourself. You're not going to let me go to the beach or go to the parks. You're not going to let me walk my dogs outside. Go fuck yourself. There needs to be more of GFY going on in this country because there's too many people who just kind of bow and say, oh, it's for the it's for the betterment of the good. It's for, you know, in the long run. And, you know, it, this is what we have to do right now because they're telling us to do it. Bullshit. Capitulation will get you nowhere. It's time for a revolution. I'm with Vivek. This is a 1776 moment. We have a chance to change the direction of this country. And the America First Movement is the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And uh, and Elon's right on, man. You advertisers, man, screw you. You're going to mess with the richest man in the world? You're going to try to put me down? Yeah. We'll see how that goes. And we'll let Earth be the judge. We'll let Earth decide who's who's the righteous one here. And uh, he continued in form a little bit later. There was this. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. Yeah. He doesn't like these, these self-righteous people. People who worry about looking good while doing evil. F them. Absolutely. And, uh, man, he... <laughs> That's a lot of F-bombs in one little one little segment. I wonder, you know, Kamala was there too. I was wondering what she was thinking. She gave, she also had some had some interview time there as well. Meanwhile, in New York City, you have the 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 whack jobs, the radicals, the lefties, and oh, the terrorist sympathizers, the Hamas simps that are out there. They are we're in New York City at the Rockefeller Center, tree lighting what is supposed to be and traditionally is a event of unity, an event to celebrate, an event to party, if you will. Certainly not an event to protest and, and get in fight with cops and, and shit like that, but that's exactly what they turned it into. Trying to disrupt the tree lighting down there. These people, and, and there were some arrests made because they did get violent. But this is BLM all over again. Don't you see what's happening? This war in Israel is not going to just end. This is going, this could be a long protracted Conflict followed by Israeli security forces remaining in place so that Hamas cannot rebuild. So if this movement builds, remember 2020, George Floyd, all of a sudden BLMs all over the place or Antifa's all over the place, all at the same time, and just a bunch of agitators. Who's funding and organizing these things? Who's funding and organizing these Hamas symptoms? protests because they're not just happening spontaneously but you watch if this shit is allowed to continue it will spread like the cancer that it is this is what was going on and then this
Pretty crazy, huh? When they're busting down barriers, police are having to wrestle people to the ground. Free, free Palestine while we tear down New York City. Sounds like a plan. Free, free. They don't even know what that fucking means. From the river to the sea. I guarantee you that the majority of the people in that crowd do not even know what that means. They're just there because this is what they do. That gets them out of mommy and daddy's basement for a little while. And they can go protest. Oh, sure, there's some serious ones there. There's no doubt about that. Probably some radical Islamists there that truly do support terrorism. But the majority of the people just get, they get into the frenzy. They get out of mom and dad's basement for a little while. Here's another shot of the same scene. Check it out. Carrying the barriers. Look at this. Police are trying to push them back. So what do you think about that? Do you think, I mean, are these people justified? I suppose there are some that can make an argument for Palestine. That's fine. Does that give them the right to go to events like that and completely disrupt them and then become violent with the police? Is that okay? So it's wrong for people to peacefully protest and be on the Capitol grounds and maybe even enter the Capitol building and walk through the highway, end up in jail without bail in solitary confinement for years. That's bad. So how is it okay for these people to do something like this? I don't care if they're attacking a government building or not, man. They're disrupting public events and public spaces. One public space is just the same as the next, in my opinion. I don't care if it's a Capitol building or if it's a park, courthouse, police station. If you're disrupting a public event in a public space... You should be treated just the same as those people that went to the Capitol because they weren't trying. There was no insurrection. There's a bunch of frustrated people. But we find out now that there's over 200 FBI plants in there. That They were wearing MAGA hats. And not only were they there, they were encouraging people and they were inside the Capitol before the doors were open and the police escorted everybody in. You know... The more I learn about January 6th and the more I see these videos, while there was absolutely some bad actors there, there were some people who did some wrong things, okay? I'm not disputing that. But they were set up to fail. Those poor people, all they wanted to do was have their voices heard. And our government, I believe, set them up to fail because it served their political purposes. Because that's all we are in the inner political pawns to the system, right? All right. Up in Washington State, we have some uh, schools. This uh, is a quad school district, and they aren't the only one. There's some other schools that are doing the same thing. What are these kids? Um, how are they learning this stuff? And what are they? Where did the disconnect happen? Where? Did the baton not get passed to the next generation? Who is teaching them or raising them 
to where they just think that, you know, I mean, every little thing, now it's down into high school level. This used to be a college thing. Now high schools are doing it. Liberty High walkout for Palestine. This was all of Issaquah School District. They say that head to sixth period, notify the teacher you plan to make an announcement about school event before class begins. Get the class's attention and say as follows. So who's organizing this? Again, they have a script to follow, a method and a script. There, there is somebody organizing this. They have graphics. They have flyers that they hand out. 20,000 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli bombing over the past month. 1.7 million have been displaced. This constitutes genocide. <laughs> Bullshit. Hey, how do you feel about the Uyghurs over in China? You think, do you condemn China for actually committing genocide? Or is it only the, the Palestinians? Our representatives in Congress, Kim Schreier, backs a genocidal Israeli regime. I do not. At 1.35 p.m., the Issaquah Students League has planned a walkout gathering on the football field. I invite anyone who wants to show our representatives we care about genocide to join me in that walkout. Thank you, teacher. Or, or, thank your teacher. Gather your things and head to the football field. Organizers will direct the rally, give speeches, and distribute information. This is at high school. How about middle school? What are we doing in the middle schools here in Washington State? And I'm sure this is going on all over the country. I, I'm in Washington, so I'm, I've got my finger real tight on the pulse here, and this news comes across my radar all the time. Middle school students in Washington State, they're being taught to, is this a good use of class time? I guess would be a question. They're taking class time to write letters and sending them to Moms of Liberty, which is a, a parent rights group, and uh, they're taking class time to send hate mail while their hate mail says don't be intolerant while they're being intolerant and sending hate mail to them. It's in, it's insanity. Here's what it says. Uh, Dear Moms of Liberty, please read the enclosed cards from concerned middle school students in Seattle, Washington. It's signed Ann Christensen. It's, uh, she is um, Seattle Public School Seattle Public School Middle School Teacher and GSA Coordinator. So they wrote letters. What were the letters that they wrote? Well, let's take a look. These are the letters that they sent to Moms of Liberty. They spent taxpayer money because it was during class time that they did this. Is this what our teachers should be teaching our kids? Is this what they should be spending their time doing? Or should they be educating them, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, that sort of thing that they might actually be able to use? No, no. They're teaching them how to be divisive, how to be hateful. Those are the letters. My heart. When people, homophobic, gay is slay, stop being a, I can't read that one. Um, Dear Moms for Liberty, stop bullying LGBTQ youth and families. So you get the idea, and it goes on and on. Stop bullying. What, what, do you, what the hell do they think they're doing? And they spent public funds in a public space, with a, in a public school, to do this. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, here's where we get to the little bit early today. I want to go to the weirdness portion of the show because this is, not only is this weird, but a public service announcement. As a musician myself, I can appreciate this because it's dangerous out there. And this is just a, a PSA to you drummers. Man, you are never safe. You're never safe out there. So watch out. Check this. 
Oh my God. I hope that guy's okay. I <laughs> no idea who that is. Came across it on Instagram. Um, but oh my gosh. Remember Dylan Mulvaney? He's back in the news because he's apparently reached some milestone or something in his journey to womanhood. Well, when he first started, I just want to remind you that this is a scam. This guy has no interest in being a woman. He has he's he's definitely an effeminate male, but he's doing he has had one scheme after another most of his life to try to get attention. Ladies. This is actually kind of more addressed to you. What do you think about this? Because I just want to remind you, this is back on his first day of being a woman. Is this sincere? Is this really how women are? Or is this a male mocking the stereotype of women? Day one of being a girl, and I have already cried three times. I wrote a scathing email that I did not send. I ordered dresses online that I couldn't afford. And then uh, when someone asked me how I was, I said, I'm fine, when I wasn't fine. So, how'd I do, ladies? Good? Girl power. I'd be pretty offended if I were a woman, I think. I mean, I'm not a woman, so I guess I can't, I can't try to think like one, but that seemed like kind of a mockery of what women are. Kind of like how... You know, all these people were mocking women. You know, when you dress and drag and all that, it's a, it's a total exaggeration. It's a caricature. It's a mockery of what women are. It's nothing like what a woman is. I've known a few women in my life. I haven't, I don't know a single one that was like that. <sighs> Let's talk about the economy for a little bit because it is important. And this is one of those things that's overhanging. It's going to be a huge issue in the election. That and illegal immigration. Those two things alone, you know, let, let's try to, GOP, please, and, and Rana, man, get the hell out. But GOP, solidify around these things. The economy, the reduction of government, the reduction of taxes, and securing the border. If you will solidify the party and the candidates around those things, you're going to slay you're going to win the White House, increase your majority in the House, and take over the Senate. But if you try to run as a middle of the road, as a rhino, why? What's the? What, where's the attraction? Where's the attraction? They're, they're just going to they're just going to vote in liberals. Why would they want you when they just vote in a real liberal? But Biden's always going out there saying that wages are going up. Wages are going up. I'm going to lay out. And show you that, in fact, wages are not going up and that job growth is slower than it's been in over a decade. His whole 14 million new jobs claim, bullshit. Complete fabrication. He hasn't created new, well-paying jobs. But, you know, he says this all the time, right? And wages for working families have gone up while inflation has come down 65%. And wages for real family has gone up while inflation has come down. Now, he's talking like since last year, inflation has come down. The fact is, inflation is two and a half times what it was when he took office. And that's the, that's the comparison you need to make. And let's take a look at real wages because this is where this is where the smoke and mirrors come in. This is where they try to say, he's saying that wages are going up um, barely, like 0.5% 
they're outpacing inflation right now. But that's since last quarter. Since Biden took office, he likes to, he you know households are doing better, they're wealthier now, they're richer, everybody's making more money and we're happy kumbaya fucking ya. Well, the fact is when he took office, since he took office, real wages when adjusted for inflation are down nearly 3.5%, about 3.4. Because see wages were growing at almost 4% when Biden took office. And now they're at 0.5%. So the reality is, since Biden took office and put Bidenomics into action and started printing money, real wages for Americans are down nearly 3.5%. That's not a good thing. And that's not all. Cost of goods, inflation has not gone away. It's still there. High gas prices have not gone away. They're still there. They're trying to claim victory over a crisis they created because things got better than they were at their worst. But they're still far higher than they were when they took office. And they're stagnating. They're not dropping anymore. It's done. This is as good as it gets. They've created a new norm of higher fuel prices, higher energy prices, higher grocery prices. And poorer households. Check this. All right. Well, the cost of living squeeze. How far does your money go? Well, it requires $119.27 to buy the same household goods and services as you could with just $100 before the pandemic. Let's take a look at some of the prices under President Biden. You can see here natural gas. That's up 29 percent. Groceries up 25%. Those used cars higher in price by 35%. Electricity up 25%. Of course, the troubling trend here, guys, these are all necessities. And who suffers most from these prices? Do you think that the Bidens suffer? No, they, just, they get millions of dollars from freaking China and Ukraine over the years. And now they're, they're in the White House. So, no, they're not hurting. Do you think that any of the politicians are really hurting? Do you think that the wealthy are hurting? Do you think that these increase in prices really bother them at all? No. No, it doesn't. You know who it hurts? It hurts us. It hurts the middle class, the working class, and the lower income the most because these are things that everybody needs. Whether you're making twenty thousand a year or a hundred thousand a year, you still need to put a household over your, over your head. You still need to purchase groceries. You still need to use energy in one form or another, whether it's gas or diesel or natural gas or oil. So when prices go up, you know, for a rich household, oh, so what? Our expenses went up 2% per month. Well, that same money in a poor household might be 20%. All of a sudden, there are households out there that are paying thousands of dollars more per month to survive. All of a sudden, they have to pay $700 more to survive per month. Car payment, bam. New car payment. Without warning. And... They have no control over it. This is what liberalism brings. This is what Bidenomics brings. It brings destruction. It brings poverty. It reduces everybody to the lowest common denominator, and it doesn't affect the rich and the elite at all. It only affects those in the middle class down 
Therefore, we end up with a two-class system, the haves and the have-nots, the elites and the peasants, the kings and the serfs. doesn't matter how you want the, how you want to say it. The result, the result is the same. And then, of course, they always say this, too. Uh, we created 14 million jobs since I, since I took office. Good-paying jobs. Camille Pierre, she goes out there, trots out on the podium and says it all the time. Look, this president is doing the work, and he continues to do the work for all Americans. <laughs> Gosh, she's pathetic. Here's Biden, again, with the lie. When I took office... Since then, the first two years, we created over 14 million brand new jobs, good paying jobs. 14 million brand new jobs, good paying jobs. He repeats this lie two or three times a week. So does Kareem Jean-Pierre. It's called gaslighting. They're, they're saying the same thing for a long enough period of time to where you might actually think you're crazy. Well, maybe things are good. But they're not. Let's take a look at employment. I'm going to throw some charts out. I'm going to talk as well over the charts, but I'm going to throw some charts out because a lot of people are visual. If you're watching on rumble.com slash the report, which I hope you are, make sure to like this video, make sure to share it with your friends. But employment, when you account for population, so employment slash population ratio, in 2019, a higher pop percentage of the population was working than they are right now. But Dan, that can't be because Biden has put everybody back to work and unemployment is lowered. It's been in a really long time. And the numbers don't lie. These are facts. This is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's not made up numbers. Okay. In 2019, the percentage of the population of the United States that was working was 60.8. Today, it's 60. Point two. There are less people as a percentage of the population working now than they were when Trump was president. How about labor participation rate? That's another number. Similar to the percentage of the population, but not but it's a little different. Let's take a look at these numbers. Okay? Labor force participation. When Trump was in office in 2019, labor participation was 60, uh, this is, so the entire labor force, non-farm jobs, 63.4%. Now, 62.8%. Over half a percent less of the total workforce the United States is working now than when Trump was president. How about jobs? He likes to say, well, we've created, you know, we've created 14 million new jobs. November 2019. And I'm going to tell you right now. So in November 2019, there were 153 million people working. Okay. Employed. Today, there's 158 million. What's the, let's do the math. Let's see. 158 minus 153. So the 15s cancel each other. So 8 minus 3 is, um, I think it's 5. I think it's 5 million. 5 million is a little bit different than 16 million, don't you think? Since he took office. 
See, but what he likes to do is he likes to go down to the the pit of COVID, the pit of hell down there at COVID, and say that, no, no, we're better since the bottom, since COVID. I've created 14 million new jobs. Well, if you consider that at the, at the, at the bottom of COVID, there were only 130 million people working, then you could say that. But if you look, you can't, you've got to take that year out. You cannot include that in job creation. That's people simply going back to work. If you look at pre-pandemic 2019, again, there were 153 million people working. Today, there's 158 million. That's about, that's job growth of about 1.6 million a year, which is the slowest growth over that period. In fact, that 1.6 million jobs a year, that's the slowest job growth since 2010. 13 years. We have slower job growth under Joe Biden than we've had since 2010. So think about that. When you look at real wages being down 3.4%, inflation is still around 4%, grocery prices are up, fuel prices are up, car prices are up, rent is up. Fewer people are working. Job growth is at its slowest rate year over year than it has been since 2010. So you tell me, is the economy doing good? We're not stupid, Biden. We're not stupid, Corinne Jean-Pierre and all you liberal fuck elitists out there. We're living it. We're not in your bubble. We're not in your orbit. We're in a different orbit, okay? That doesn't mean it's a lower orbit. It doesn't mean that it's a worse orbit, but it's a different orbit. We walk in different circles. When I go to the grocery store and I have to spend $120 now for the same goods that in 2019 only cost me $100, that's a 20% increase overall. In all prices, right? So there it is again. So if you draw a line from that one peak in 2019 up to where we're at right now, which is at the end of that chart, very easy to see that the growth is slower now than it has been since 2010. And it's pathetic. Overall prices up 17.6. Reminder, food prices 20.9. Rent 18%. Electricity 24.7%. Isn't that funny? Electricity is up 24.7%. They want everybody to turn over to electricity. Everything must be electric now. No more oil. No more cheap energy. We're going to destroy this country, destroy the economy, and destroy you with higher energy costs. And they're doing a really good job of it. They're doing a good job of it. And then they wonder why, oh, why aren't oil companies investing? Why aren't auto manufacturers investing? Why do we have the slowest job growth than we've had in 13 years? Why is the labor participation rate down? Why are fewer people on a population basis working now than they have in some time, actually? Since like 2013, we have a lower participation rate uh, with a population ratio calculated in than we have since 2013. So things are not better. The Biden economy is not good. Bidenomics is not working. And it's plain for anybody with more than two brain cells to come to that conclusion. Just like I said, people take these facts. You can go find them on Bureau of Labor Statistics website, or you could just clip in my video, take screenshots. I don't care. And show these to your friends when they say, oh, but but everything is better. He says they're better. (laughs) 
All right. Let's take a look at another thing that's always there that doesn't go away, and that is the crisis at the border. They like to make us forget about it once in a while, and you know, it kind of goes away, goes on the back burner. We can talk about Israel. We can talk about Ukraine, but Ukraine's yesterday's news, right? But the border is still is still an absolute wreck. Every single day, thousands of people coming into the United States unfettered, undocumented. Oftentimes, we don't know really where they're from. A lot of them don't have ID. We just let them in, and then we send them off to New York or Chicago or wherever. By the Chicago, is throwing people out on the streets. It's freezing cold in Chicago in the winter, in case you didn't know that. I mean, if you're... Weird, right? Chicago gets cold in the winter. A lot of illegals have been staying in the police station there. Well, they can't. They're overcrowded, so they've been kicking them out into the streets. Now they're out there freezing. And they Stuart, just keep we have coming. New numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is four hundred fifty-one billion dollars. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers, as well as those known Godaways. So not only is it destroying the economy, not only do we have terrorists coming into the country, we have all the gotaways coming in. Four hundred is expensive too. Four hundred fifty-one billion dollars a year is the estimated cost of the massive flow of humanity that's coming across the southern border. Four hundred fifty billion. Interesting. Biden has a plan proposed to tax the wealthy. An additional four hundred and fifty billion over ten years. So four point five billion a year. Meanwhile, we're paying four hundred and fifty billion a year for a, a, that we don't need to be paying, that we can't afford to be paying. The bottom line is look, whether whether these people are hurting or not, whether they're fleeing economic depravity and, and war, it sucks. I'm sorry. But we have an immigration system in place that is not being enforced. If they would just enforce, if they would just seal the border with our military, destroy the cartels with our military, if Mexico won't do it themselves, and then enforce the current laws, we're fine. But their answer is, you know, as we always know, is amnesty, lifetime voters. They want to give them amnesty. They want to give them unfettered access to our our social security net. Give them all the handouts and let them continue to flow in over almost nearly 10 million people since Biden took office. The percentage of the population of illegals is going up. That's a lot of people, man. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price... Oh, we already we already did that one. We already did that one. All right, so we're going to move along. Speaking of money, we're, we're going to stay on the money train for a while. Um, I had another video of... I mean, they're still coming. Migrants on a train now coming from Central America. They just jump on trains and on the top of trains, and they just come on up here. Come on up here. Meanwhile, Washington, D.C. thinks it'd be a good idea to spend... Check this. You know that... Uh, Black Lives Matter uh, mural that's in the street and uh, the crosswalk there that went up in 2020. Well, it needs to be repainted because things need new paint once in a while. $270,000. Look, I want that job. <laughs> I want that job. 
Oh man, five six grand in paint, and uh, and me and my friends will go out and paint that thing for two hundred seventy grand. Unbelievable. And this is at a time when they, their police department is underfunded, crime is rampant, their murder rate is the highest it's been, like, ever. And they're worried about spending $270,000 on repainting Black Lives Matter on the street. Great use of public funds. Great stewards of your money. You know, that's the thing, man. I don't mind paying taxes. I understand that we need to have services and roads and uh, national defense, secure borders. I understand that we need to pay taxes for that. And I think that there should be a safety net for the elderly and those who are uh, injured, those who are unemployed, you know, legitimately unemployed. I think that the safety net's great. But what drives me nuts, and, and I think most conservatives feel the same, it's not the paying taxes part. It's the management of the funds part. We don't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. And they need to knock it off. This is just unsustainable. You can't keep squeezing to people more and more. And even if you took every single penny, every single penny from the wealthy, it wouldn't even start to touch our debt. $34 trillion approaching. Going to be 35 by the end of next year. So, yeah. Anyway, 270 grand to repaint Black Lives Matter in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, oh, here's the, check this out. I already showed you that. I got, I'm sorry, my assets got screwed up again. I get the clips messed up. I told you about how Mitt Romney will vote for anybody, Democrats included, over Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy. Well, they have both responded. This was Vivek's response. Turns out he's opposed to America first itself, not just one man, Ramaswamy said in a statement to Fox News. Newsflash, Mitt, I didn't vote for you either, and I still call on your niece, Ronna McDaniel, to resign. Spokesman for the Trumpet campaign echoed those sentiments, saying voters aren't going to take advice from a loser and quitter like Mittens. <laughs> I, love the, I love the nicknames that he gives everybody. And uh, seriously, Mitt Romney, go away and take your niece with you. Please, please take your niece with you. Uh, Vivek has some things to say to kind of recap about Ronna McDaniels and the Republican Party in general and the direction it's going and needs to go if we want to win. Let's listen to him. When you strike the swamp, the swamp strikes back. I called out the failures of Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman of the RNC at the last debate because she failed us in 2018, 2020, 2022, 2023. If this was a football coach, she'd have been fired long ago. Instead, because this is the corrupt Republican Party, she has seen her salary nearly triple over that period of time. I'd love to tell you I was making that up. Unfortunately, it's true. Well, here's the reality. We got to get her out. Her, her salary, just to, just to give you an idea, when she took over, as the uh, RNC chairperson in 2017, her salary was $122,000. Okay, you ready? So that was in 2017. So uh, six years ago, almost now, 122000 was her salary. Today, it's over $400,000. Well, they have the lowest fundraising. They've only got $9 million. And they keep losing 
election after election after election. Meanwhile, she's getting rich. Anyway, let's keep going. We got to start winning elections again. We need accountability in our own party. How can we ask for accountability in government if we don't demand it within the Republican Party itself? You want to do something? Go to firerana.com. Sign the petition. Make your voice heard. When I'm the nominee, and I expect to be, we're going to clean house across the board and have a party that actually wins elections and wins for Americans rather than being this party of losers that the Republican Party has become. You know, he says it how it is. Like him or not, you know what? I like him. I think he's a firebrand. I think he is the future of the America First movement. Whether that's with the Republican Party or not remains to be seen. The old Republican Party is dead. They, the people who are still trying to interact in the old dinosaur rhino way, they just don't know it yet. They're still in the denial phase, right? But, uh, you know, if you don't like Vivek, fine. If you don't like me because I happen to like Vivek, don't care. GFY, as, uh, as Elon Musk would say. So I mentioned that Kamala Harris was at the same uh, event that um, that Elon was at, where he made his famous uh, GFY statement regarding his advertisers. This is what Kamala Harris had to say. Russia interfered in the 2016 election, <laughs> targeting specific groups of Americans with dis and misinformation. Uh-oh. Russia interfered in the 20 Russia interfered in the 2016 election. Sorry about that glitch. Targeting specific groups of Americans with dis and misinformation with an intention to undermine the American people's confidence in our institutions. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? <laughs> Please do, uh, Kamala. I mean, rather than everybody else, do it to yourself. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that one just kind of came out. I don't know how that's going to land. We're going to find out over time. I'll get some feedback on that one probably. Um, anyway, hey, that show went pretty quick. I'm glad I got everything out because I, I wasn't sure I was going to get to everything. Probably even got to a couple of things I wasn't even going to. But uh, basically, when it, number one, Elon Musk, right on. Thank you for telling the big corporations to go fuck themselves. I like it. I love the attitude. I love the message. I think that there needs to be more of that, whether it's uh, regarding taxes, whether it's regarding restricting our Second Amendment rights, whether it's pandemic lockdowns or climate change bullshit. We need more of that, okay? More of the GFY going on for sure. Um the economy is not good, people. They're lying to you hand over fist day after day, all of them, because they know it's horrible. They know the facts. They know the facts. Look, the job growth right now, the rate of job growth is slower now than it's been since 2010. There are fewer people working of the American population than there were in 2019. There are fewer people in the labor force participating now than there were in 2019. These are facts, man. You can't make it up. They're pulled right off of the statistical websites. And so it's time to go 
tell Biden to go fuck himself. And they can take their Bidenomics right along with it. And in 2024, coming up real fast, we need to show them that America is run by the people, not by the government elite. Anyway, thanks for watching. If uh, if you've just been listening on a podcast channel or whatever, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. I use a lot of visuals today in charts and graphs, and you're going to want to check that out. So rumble.com slash the nun report. I'm on all the socials at the nun report, even kind of TikTok, although I haven't started using it yet. And I've told you why, in case you missed it. The reason I've decided to go that route is, you know, there's a younger demographic there that I think needs to be reached. And I think there's a possibility to reach some of them by participating where they're at. Instead of waiting for them to come to where I'm at, let's go to where they're at. You know, we might actually be able to talk to them and get some get some messaging across, right? I'm on Twitter at Nun Report. My website's thenunreport.com. You can click into everything, one stop, one shop. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. <laughs>